That's what that's the sound that you've heard from a lot of Celtics fans this week, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. Not the Kevin Garnett thing, the thing that I just did. This is Careless Whispers. My name is Matt Rory. Calvin <clears throat> Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host. Sir, I made that noise because the thing that's on everybody's mind as far as Celtics Nation is concerned tonight although you have some news yourself that we're going to go over about your Lakers team that just did something later. The news out of Celtics Nation is that Danny Ainge is a moron and that the trade that he made uh, yesterday or a couple days ago with Philadelphia to get rid of the number one pick is one of the dumbest things he's ever done. People are freaking out, Calvin. I am not one of those people. But I ask you to start this show tonight. Do those people have a case? Do they have reason for freaking out? Uh, this is, it's interesting to me, Rory, because I, I, I went on uh, Celtics blog. I'll give them a free plug. Why not, right? Because, because I was sort of interested in, in hearing what the reaction was. Because, uh, yeah, I do, I do host a lot of the post-game shows. And I, I, if you remember, I, on those very same post-game shows and on this podcast, I sort of, you know, have consistently made the argument that it it doesn't make sense to both uh, hold on to Isaiah Thomas and draft Michael Fultz, and like that, that logistically, once the Celtics ended up with the number one pick in the draft, that like one of those two sort of forces of will was going to have to give, and you know, I I, I was sort of called crazy, and I, I I sort of made the argument like why don't you know why don't they move Fultz? Uh, why don't they move that number one pick? And the other yeah, reaction was like, no, you're crazy. Fultz is, is going to be a star. And like the, the thing for me, the thing for me is that like I'm not an NBA draft expert, so I don't know how much of a lock Fultz, Fultz is. I know he was the number one prospect, and so in that respect, I understand the the notion that like you you don't want to get rid of the, the guy who was like clearly supposedly the number one guy by by pretty much all accounts except for except for perhaps ages which we can get to in a yeah, few minutes and, but and, but isn't it all relative though because when you're talking about the value of a number one pick and I've heard I heard somebody on the sports hub earlier a caller call in and try to to pose this question and he didn't word it very well it was very confusing the way he worded it but it's the idea of the value of a number one pick versus the value of the guy that you're actually going to get number one. It's all relative. You have to look at different years. And what I'm trying to say is Markel Fultz may be the number one pick outright in this draft right now. He may very well be. He may end up being the best player in this draft. But in my mind, what Ains did is not horrible. I don't believe that Markel Fultz is going to be LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis. You know what? I'm not even sure he's going to end up being Kyrie Irving yet. So, to yeah. me, the fact that Ainge traded down and got a pick that could be a top five pick next year as well in return is not as horrible as a lot of people are making it seem. And the idea is that even though it was the number one pick in this year's draft, maybe the number two pick in next year's draft is better than Markel Fultz. Think about it that way. Uh, I mean, I... I, I find it un, unlikely, and I found it unlikely, uh, 
even before this situation that, that the Lakers pick is going to convey in, in that top five scenario. And it's, it's it, in my opinion, it's much more likely that, that they end up with the Kings pick. Even, look, here's the thing. About even the after what the Lakers not, just did, you think that they got better? Do you think that that makes them a better team this year? Well, one, one, I think they're, they're almost certainly going to end up with George at this point. So I, I think that makes them better. Oh, but, uh, for the coming but, season, you believe that? Right, but right, I, okay. I do believe they're going to make that trade. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But yes, we'll even, even beyond, but but even beyond that, it's not necessarily that that adding Lopez. Although I, I think that Lopez, you can you can argue on the Lakers in particular, might pro, might provide better value in, in terms of uh, how that roster plays together as opposed to Russell. Even though I think. I, I'm a, look, I don't want to get into the Lakers right now and, and how I feel about that trade. We'll, no, we'll, we'll do that. We have, we have 50 but, but, more minutes, but, 53 minutes. We'll yeah, get into it. Celtics for now. But be, be, beyond, beyond all of those things, you, you look, as a Lakers fan, what the Lakers did to end up with that number three pick last year, like I, I think that other teams don't really – yes, yes, they were bad, but in reality – they were they were probably like Kings bad last year. They were probably the sixth or seventh worst team in the NBA. And they, people don't realize, yes, they traded away they traded away Lou Williams. They they benched Nick Young. who are both not going to be on the team next year. I realize that. But they also played uh, they they also played Metal World Peace thirty seven minutes a game in the second half of the season. Did you realize that? They benched D'Angelo Russell for no reason. They played lineups that made no sense whatsoever. All because they had to tank. To, to preserve this year's and and the 2019 draft pick, like they they were bad, but they were not as bad. They were not 13 bad. I'm telling you, what what they did to try to get in that position was like people people want to talk about the Sixers in the process. Like the the, the Lakers' attempt to tank next year or last year was like it it was incredible. And if if they just don't do that, I think yeah. I, I, but you I just, just mentioned a, they, a guy that they were benching because he was too good to, for them to play and and, and uh, lose games, and they just traded him away. So to me, th- this trade that, and again, I don't want to get too deep into the Lakers thing to start this show, but the Lakers trade to me does not make them better uh, than necessarily no, better than a bottom five team, and so that to me means that the Celtics have a better chance after this trade to get their pick next year. But let's go back to to what's going on with the Celtics. And the fact that Ainge okay, yeah. decided that he did not want to use the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Because I don't, I don't know how you look at this, but to me, that is more an indictment on Markel Fultz than anything. And it may end up actually being something that really looks bad on Danny Ainge's resume uh, over the course of the next 10 years if Fultz turns out to be the player that a lot of other people think he's going to be. But if he doesn't turn out to be that player, Ainge is going to look like a genius. Yeah, he, he, here's the thing. I was I was never as high on Fultz as many were. But I, I think the, the problem is the reason Ainge is, is taking so much crap, and, and what I was going to say about Celtics blog is, he, he, in fact, he did not take very much crap at all. I feel like uh, on that website in particular, maybe it's, it's, it's a different thing citywide, but, like, they – when it, 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 I found it hilarious because they went from I, – I think the problem is Celtics fans hype themselves up into this, like, idea of Markel Fultz and how he's, like, a sure superstar and, like, he's the wave of the sure. future without seeing him on the court. And uh, and, and that's, like, they, they tied him into this, yeah, he's a guaranteed star. And all these in, – in the process, like, I, I heard Celtics fans, you know, bury the other prospects. Like, yeah, Fultz is the only one of these guys – 
who like really has a chance to turn into something. I, I'm sure you heard you heard the same talk before too, did you not? So of course. The, the problem is, is like it, it's a, it, when when you're the person saying that, when you're when you're buying into like that party line of like we got the guy, the only guy out of this draft who's going to be something, and then and now all of a sudden you don't have that guy, it's hard to like. It's hard to double back on your own thoughts and be like, well, I guess I was wrong the entire time. Except for, like, that, unless you're this crazy Danny Ainge acolyte, which I think some people are too, which, which is like, if Danny Ainge does anything, then it must be right. Right? But the notion of, like, I, I mean, I, well, I, Danny, I definitely fall more under that camp than anything else. However, I have in the past been critical of the, the things that he's done in the NBA draft. I think he's won a lot of trades, but I think there are a lot of players that, that Danny Ainge has drafted and taken a chance on, and they have not panned out. So uh, th- that to me, or you can, I mean, and you could do this with every draft, right? You can nitpick and say that uh, the guy that went 15 should have gone 10, and the guy that went 20 should have went 8, and the guy that was, was picked first really should have gone 7th or something like that. Right. You could do that all the time. But I feel like when players are actually drafted by Danny Ainge, it's more often than not that he – has missed on a guy that was drafted sh- shortly thereafter. So uh, well, I like just you, and but he, the other thing is that he's often drafting. He was often drafting in the middle of the draft. So maybe maybe it's that Danny Ainge is just not good at uh, at assessing above average talent, and he is good at assessing the top level talent. So we'll have to wait and see uh, on this one. But the fact that he's he he, he traded down is not something that I'm just saying he, he must be right, but I would definitely lean in that direction because uh, I, I feel like when it's been at the top of the draft, at least last year, he was everything that they thought about Jalen Brown seems to be correct, it, at least through his rookie season. Yeah, my thought is, is to tend to believe, like, dude, I don't think that anyone really has, like, this, this amazing skill that, like, transcends uh, the ability of all other scouts to determine who's going to end up being a good player and who's not going to be. Because a lot of the time, guys guys develop in different unexpected ways. It's the same thing coming from high school and college. The number you see the number one recruit in high school is like sometimes just like a guy who was like barely even drafted or like end of the first round draft a year later in one year of college. And then the same thing happens in the NBA. You can't project how a guy's how much he's going to develop, how he's going to develop, uh, how his skills are going to translate. All you can do, and the, re- the reason Fultz was the, in, in my mind, is like the, the clear number one choice. And I, I certainly, we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit about smoke screens when we get to just, just uh, the, the part of this is like, who should the Celtics draft and who the, what the Lakers are going to do. But like, I definitely don't buy the notion that, that the Celtics weren't going to draft Markel Fultz if, if they didn't have the first pick. Maybe, maybe you do, maybe you can convince me I'm wrong. But if they had the first pick, even if Ainge didn't want to draft Fultz, and I don't, I don't think he did because it doesn't make sense for the roster, as I've been saying for months now, it doesn't really make sense to draft him. The, the, the bottom line is, is Fultz is, like the, the odds that Fultz is not going to succeed are less than the odds that other players aren't going to succeed. And for him to, like, take the risk on somebody else in that position, even if that person ends up becoming a better player than Fultz, it, again, you're just, you're just playing the odds either way. It's, it would still have been irresponsible of Ainge to take somebody else when, when Fultz is clearly the, the, not, not the, 
the guy who's going to succeed, but the most likely to succeed to take high school terms. So, well, and the other thing is that he yeah. would he would definitely have to explain away why he took somebody else if he didn't take Fultz, because for years now, Danny Ainge has been telling us that he takes the best player on the board, and that means best overall talent, that means he's not looking for fit, and that means that he is just probably, more often than not, going to go with what the majority of scouts say. I mean, there's obviously, last year was the anomaly, Jalen Brown, but for the most part, he claims that he takes what they believe to be the best player on the board. So he really would have had to explain away taking Markel, not taking Markel Fultz, and it, I don't know if people would have bought it. And then there would have been the debate for the next 10 years that we're going to have anyway as to whether Fultz is that type of player and deserves to be the number one pick and yada, yada, all that. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like it's not as bad as the initial reaction was, but it's always the, that's always the case, right? People always freak right. out about things. You have to wait and see because we still don't know who Ainge is targeting now. He may not he may not have wanted to draft Fultz, and he gave himself the out to not have to do, to do that by trading down. But now, who is it going to be? So I don't I, know. And I'm yeah, I'm changing my direction on this because I remember last week I I said it was probably going to be Josh Jackson, right? If if they were to to drop down oh, or something like that. Well, no, but I was, I, I've, I've been saying for a little while that he's the type of player that they like, right? Um, right. But to me, I've changed my mind. I'm hoping they go with Tatum out of Duke, and I, I wish Mad Dog was listening or would call because I think the Celtics are finally going to get a guy from Duke that can play, and he's going to be pumped. But either way, that's the guy that I, in my opinion, they're going to target at this point. I'm not so sure it's Jackson because you know what? Jackson doesn't even want to come and work out for the team. So that's kind of a slap yeah. in the face right out, right off the bat. Um, Calvin, let me put the phone number out there. Three, two, three, six, four, two, one, four, eight, four is the number. Give us a call here. And if you want to get on the air, press one, because I know yeah, cool. some, some of you are still heated about all this, but what do you think here? Oh, Calvin? Which What's the direction they're actually going? Yeah. I would love to talk to some other Celtics fans. Yeah, the more the more callers we can actually get. I know we're not a show that typically takes a lot, but yeah, anyone wants to call in in this time, we I can we can push the Lakers back to next week or or whatever. But yeah, my, my one thought on, on the trade before I get to like who the who the Celtics are going to draft, and I, I do think it's going to be Tatum. But uh, my that was my only thing is I, I think I don't feel as strongly as you do about about the package they got from there. I realize moving from one to three is not that big of a deal, and I think. I, I just think that like the the tendency when a, when a first uh, pick in the draft gets traded, I I, I can't I, I think it's going to be the Kings pick, and I I'm not sure how bad the Kings are going to be. They're still going to be bad in two years, but like it's hard for me to project what they're going like. The, the Kings could I don't know that that pick could easily end up being the tenth pick in the draft, and then if it's sure. that, unless you know unless that guy turns out to be somebody legit, and I, I don't even think like the the ten pick. 10th pick in the, in the draft is like worst case scenario in my mind like that's what it's I, I feel like they're going to end up getting somewhere between eight and ten that's that's what i would legitimately get but I, yeah I, I see like i'm not i'm not with you on that part yeah. of it i to, in my opinion the lakers trade just year. made them yeah. worse i think the, the celtics are actually going to cash in on this next year i believe that the, the lakers are going to be in the lottery next year and they might not be oh, a bottom are. five team but i feel like for some reason they're going to get lucky 
you mean the Celtics are going to get lucky. I, yes. I, that's, that's, what you, that's what you're saying. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, that that could happen. I I just find it unlikely. I I feel like if if they'll be they'll be fifth at worst. I, I that, that's where I would put it. I'm not saying they're going to be good next year. Their defense is terrible. Uh, you know, Lopez will not a, a, a great defender will help compared to D'Angelo Russell because pairing him and Clarkson was like a a bad mix. Okay. And again, so they tank, I, they tank like no team I've ever seen tank before. I think there are teams that are worse than them. Orlando. All right. Worse I than mean, them. there definitely are teams that are worse than them. Brooklyn obviously is one of them. That's number one. Just, Philadelphia up in yeah. the air, but they probably will be similar to the Lakers in my opinion. Orlando I looks agree. like they fell off a cliff, so I would I would throw Orlando's them up worse. there as well. Yeah. Um, and then Detroit in the Western Conference, you're looking at Phoenix, and to me that yeah. I mean unless unless the Kings and Dallas really fall, fall down, that's that's it. Because I don't think well, the Lakers no, no, are better no, no. than Minnesota. I I no I, I I no I don't think they'll be better than Minnesota, but I I do think they'll be better than New York and Detroit. Those are my those are my teams. Interesting. See, so I think right around, Detroit will end up having a better record than the Lakers just because they're in the Eastern Conference, and I I think that New York is going to have a better record because. Honestly, I like their roster better, even though they're not – they don't look good. They're a dumpster fire. I like Porzingis and Carmelo better than what the Lakers are, are throwing out there right now as far as wins I don't, in 2017. That's why I'm, I'm confident. I think Ainge is too. Um, but let's actually see what Sam in San Diego thinks, Calvin, because oh, nice. he is here and he's been listening to us. Sam, welcome to the show. I saw that you, sir, were one of the ones that was severely disappointed – when we lost the chance to watch Markel Fultz in a Celtic uniform for the next X years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we were kind of salivating all year long and then obviously winning the lottery, man, we were winning Fultz. So, I mean, I, th- I think that it's natural for us as fans to have, you know, grown to love this player and, and kind of think of him as a, as our future star. I think that it also, I kind of was looking at the, the whole, you know, Lakers Celtics taking the top two picks in the draft, top two point guards, you know, that whole rivalry thing. Uh, you know, I, you know, every, all of the, uh, everybody says he doesn't have a weakness offensively. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to basically fall in love with the player. And then, you know, we've never heard our name called first and, uh, and, you know, this was, we, we finally did it. And then, and then, you know, we don't get to draft the player. So, uh, and, and then now you're down at three, and, and it, there doesn't seem to be a consensus player. I agree with Calvin. I think that they are going to take Tatum, um, and, and I don't. I'm not really uh, excited about it. Uh, I think that was something I heard early on. Somebody somebody mentioned him as unexciting, and I thought that was kind of like the perfect word. He's not. I'd rather get Jackson just because of his athleticism. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing. Um, it, I don't have as much to look forward to on Thursday or starting the season. I think, you know, or summer league, right? The Lakers and Celtics were slated to play on Saturday night um, on ESPN. Um, just just a lot of things. It's, it's it's difficult to move yourself off of it. It's, it's, it's tough. I, I think the Jackson thing is, is I, the, the issue is probably the redundancy with Jalen, right? Big athletic guy yes. who is, there's questions about his shooting. So I, yep. especially if you're, if you're looking about, you know, three or four years from now, as the current core ages out, like, do you want, do you want Jackson? Cause yeah, I like Jackson better than Tatum too. I totally agree with you. And I also agree that Tatum is like not the most exciting guy, but I, I, I guess the, the, the positives when it comes to Tatum is like, 
the, the I you know have been making the argument for Ainge to commit to either either trying to make this team as good as possible now or or trying to you know build for the future as much as possible. And it, it seems like he's sort of committing to go all in on the now. And I, I do think Jason Tatum's the most ready to to put it on a team that's going to be good right now, right? Jason Tatum can get buckets right now. Josh Jackson, I'm not sure that he can do that as soon as next year. I feel like Josh Jackson is not a good shooter at all. I mean, he's the telltale sign for guys that don't really have a good shooting motion is free throws. And I just, I'm going to pull up the exact number right now, but I feel like Josh Jackson's free throw percentage is pretty horrible. Um, And, but yeah, see, that's what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. But um, so I like the, that what you're saying about the excitement and the fact that he has that high flying ability. Um, but I'm not sure that that's a what they need because, like Calvin said, they already have Jalen Brown that is kind of that guy. And B, Sam, I don't think that's what the league is really going for. Sure, there are guys out there at the top level that can that can produce by being that high flyer type of player, but you need a jump shot. You need to be able to knock down threes. You need to be able to to uh, pass the ball out of a double team. I think that Tatum is, is, more, is more ready to do things like that right now than Jackson would be. But haven't the yeah. same arguments sort of been made about Tatum, though, in, in, sense, in the sense that, like, his his best skill is, is like, isolation scoring? Although I, I think the, the, the decline of isolation scoring in the NBA is, is overstated because when you look at what happens in the playoffs, like – Guys, uh, I saw in basically every series, guys who can get an isolation bucket are super valuable. But like somehow the perception is is that isolation is going to stand. But anyway, anyway, the point so, that I'm making is like that's sort of what he is best at. You know, the, the, the other thing, the other thing that makes this difficult for a Celtics fan to take is that obviously we traded them to Philadelphia that has that extremely exciting young core. Essentially, they have three number one draft picks since Embiid would have been number one if he wasn't hurt. Um, you know, you're giving them this incredible-looking core, right, that I think any young team would want to have. Um, and then, obviously, the, the it didn't feel like we got enough in the trade. You're used to winning the deal outright when you're when, when Ainge uh, makes a trade, and, and it just didn't feel that way. It kind of – there was a lot leaking over Twitter over the weekend, and um, I thought, you know, as was reported that we had gotten both those picks and that was kind of exciting. And then when it went down to, you know, these protections and we're only getting the one pick, it did feel underwhelming and really surprising that that Colangelo was able to pull that on us. Um, so I'm hoping that we're wrong, but you know, those extra factors just, it just, it doesn't feel good. Right. And, and, uh, and then again, that it happened early in the week. I know we've heard about Ainge possibly, wanting time to maybe move this pick or, you know, maybe he's going to trade down, maybe he's going to trade it outright. But if he doesn't, then I think waiting till draft night, we'd be in better position. Cause I think Philadelphia really wanted faults from, you know, uh, and, and I think they would have paid more if we'd have made them wait. And, you know, you could tell the, the fan base on Philadelphia's side is jumping for joy while we're over here. So, you know, Sam, do you, but you're not, do you not believe then that what Danny Ainge said about this being the best offer that he had? And I mean, maybe Philadelphia realized that, that there wasn't much else that no other team really wanted faults. So how, how can the Ainge really hold them over a barrel if they're the only team calling? It's either Ainge wants them, wants the player or he trades the, the, the pick to Philly. 
I don't how get do we that, know that doesn't change though? How do we know that doesn't change though? Look at what's already happened in the last couple of days. That could change between now and draft night. You know, with all the stuff coming out about all the players becoming available, whether 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 it's true or not, guys like Porzingis and 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 just with so the I, Laker trade, that that could devalue it. I, I think the more likely thing is that he wanted time to then try to move this three pick. Do you, you guys really don't think that he's in on, on these Butler deals with the three? I, I know there's a report that they tried to offer him the, oh, the straight up for Butler in, in, in the, uh, the Celtics turned it down. But, I, I mean, he, that makes sense to turn it down because they're still trying to get they're trying to get Butler and Hayward. I, I think I think the, the, the Celtics would have done that deal if it was Butler and Salary. So, I, I, yeah, in, in, in my opinion, I, I, I think he, he did the trade early simply to, like, give himself the opportunity to – to then make another deal. I think he's saying all the things he needs to say. And this is what I was going to say about smoke screens. It's like, like if you have a GM, he's probably lying. It's like the Lakers are lying when they say they don't love Lonzo Ball and like they really loved Josh Jackson and immediately came. But yeah, the second the Celtics made that one for three trade, oh, it turns out the Lakers hate Josh Jackson and he had a he had a terrible. Uh, uh, he had a terrible workout with him. It, but, but five minutes before that trade happened, it was like, oh, the Lakers might draft Josh Jackson. That was never going to happen. They, they, they were going to take Lonzo. It's even more clear now. And I, I think the same thing for the Celtics. I, do I think like there's some guy at three, be it Tatum or Jackson, that the Celtics loved so much that they were going to take him at one anyway? I, I feel like there's no chance of that. They would have taken full. And I, 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 I still think that Ainge is trying to pump up that number three to try to make another deal. And if he can't, then he'll take Tatum. But I think he wants to give him of time to try to trade that pick before it, it, the draft comes around, right? Can you? All right. Can you, so, trade, my, all right, so now, now I ask you this though: with all that happening, sure, smoke screens and all this. Who do you believe? Who do, who do you not believe? Does Josh Jackson refusing to uh, work out for the Celtics throw a wrench into Danny Ainge's plans, or does it play into Ainge's plans in any way? Because Jackson is trying to control the narrative here, and to me. Even if Ainge wanted him as the, as that, and that was the guy they were targeting, that to me is a prima donna move, and you should stay away from a guy like that. He doesn't want to work out unless you guarantee him that you're going to pick him with the number three. No, that can't can't say that. You can't do that. You don't want to tip your hand like that. But so to me, I just I move on from Josh Jackson and I I go to Tatum anyway. If of course. It is what they think it is, and all all three or five of these players are similar in, in stature and ability. You have to remember two things. One, a lot of agents don't want their guys to go to the Celtics. Whether or not Josh Jackson hates the Celtics, like it, it might be it might be his agent who doesn't want him to go to the Celtics because he's going to get less playing time than it, than he'll get on a team like the Suns. It's it, that's like it's simple math with that, right? It, it, it's going to be harder for him to like get that max contract coming right out of his rookie deal if he goes right to the Celtics as opposed to a team that's bad and has minutes for him at, at that position. But he, even beyond that, it was, you know, when he said he wasn't going to work out with the Celtics in the first place, it was, you know, apparently obvious to the world that they were going to draft Fultz even though it didn't, it didn't work out. But did, did anybody work out for the Celtics other than Fultz? I don't know. Did, obviously, uh, Tatum, Tatum, did, did, Tatum did work out for the Celtics. But I, I think there are more issues. I, I think there are issues beyond like, hey, I don't want to work for them. There's like, there's there, there are political issues connected to that. I, I think Ainge wouldn't have a problem drafting a guy who who didn't work out there if he was confident that's a guy he was going to take. But I don't think he's taking Jackson anyway, so maybe it won't matter. Can I can I Fair make enough. a comment on the uh, can I make a comment on the D'Angelo Russell trade? 
yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah, should get into that now. Yeah, we're yeah, actually yeah. at about half an hour on the show, Calvin, so let's get into that, and then we'll see what else we hit. Yeah. Um, just wanted to say that, you know, when I saw the deal, uh, it was surprising because um, I, I, I thought that the Lakers – I mean, I read that the Lakers tried to trade him for a lottery pick, were not successful, and then made this deal – but I hadn't read that first. So when I saw the deal at first, I, it was surprising that, that they got so little in return. Um, but um, I, I do think that, um, in my opinion, he was an overvalued player by a Lakers fans. Um, so, so in some ways I was kind of sad to see him go because I kind of wanted him to play badly in L.A. <laughs> so I wasn't sure how to feel. But um, obviously it's for, for – uh, obviously they're going to have to give away players in order to get rid of Deng and – and Mozgov, but um, that's kind of how I felt about it. I, I thought that obviously the Lakers, where they lose is that the number two pick doesn't really become um, what you would hope for out of the out of the pick. Um, but you know, overall, I, I, it's probably going to work out for them because they're probably going to end up getting exactly what they want. So I wanted to hear what you had to say, though. Well, look, I, I'm like you. I love D'Angelo Russell. I'm, I'm a, like I, you know, I watch plenty of Laker games and like. I understand why people don't like him. People think that he – like, he is a little slow when it comes to guarding fast point guards, but he's not as bad. Uh, he's one of those guys that, like, he, he has his reputation for being a bad defender. But it's like nobody on the Lakers is a great defender. He's kind of an average defender. And, like, like Clarkson is one of the worst defenders in basketball. But, like, he's sort of average on that end, and he he's, creates a lot of space. And, but he, like, he doesn't have the ability – look, he's a good catch-and-shoot uh, catch guy. He can pull up. He, in my opinion, he should be playing off ball. He should be a, a two guard. But the Lakers, you know, don't really. He, he should be like Lonto. That's the other problem. Is Lonto, in my opinion, should be a two guard, uh, a, a good passing catch and shoot, you know, guy who's going to uh, have gravity and create space for you. Like D'Angelo Russell can be that guy if I think if he's playing with a point guard and the Lakers just didn't put him in that position. I don't think he. I mean, you know, they'll probably start him with Jeremy Lin. Who who knows how that works with the Nets? I just think. In the right situation, I like D'Angelo Russell a lot. In fact, actually, Calvin, oh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna go with Lynn because um, don't they have another young shooting guard that they just drafted? What is his name? Oh, they do. Levert. Like Levert. It's Chris yeah. Levert. I feel like they may go with the. I mean, he's he's Good built point. more like a small Good. forward, but I feel like they might go with him at, at shooting guard along uh, alongside Russell. Good point. I'm, I'm sure Lynn will get minutes. They'll, they'll get combo minutes today regardless. So, uh, you know, the NBA works. especially. Anyway, the, the, yeah, I'm not trying to nitpick. Anyway, I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to nitpick because, you know yeah, what, yeah. the thought no, crossed no. my mind, does this trade make the Nets better? Does that – because the Celtics have the right no. to swap with them next year. Or maybe they have their it, pick it, out it, right no, either no. way. Yeah. It, no, it, in, in my opinion, it, it makes the Nets a little bit worse and the Lakers a, a little bit better for, for this year just because I, I feel like it, it rounds their roster up. But I don't think, I don't think it, make, it affects the Lakers – that much either way. I, I still think that the Celtics aren't going to get that top five pick. I thought it before the trade, and I, I still think it afterwards, especially because I think they're going to get George. But to, in my opinion, like the, the thing that facilitated this deal, and it, it kind of it kind of upsets me, but it kind of doesn't, is, is LeBron. I think if, if, if it wasn't out there everywhere that LeBron like is dying to come to Los Angeles and the Lakers don't mm-hmm. make this trade. They made this trade specifically to free up the, the 65. They're going to stretch things. All right, they're going to end up they're going to end up with 65 million in, in cap space, and they're going to be able to sign George. If, you know, assuming he comes here, well, the, their idea is that they're going to sign George in another max free agent. Now that may not work out for them, but that's what their plan is. Lonzo plays the same position as Russell, so they they found Russell to be expendable. And Magic Johnson hates D'Angelo Russell for some reason. I I can't really figure out why, 
I think he thinks that he's unprofessional or whatever. So the writing was on the wall for him to go, and it's unfortunate for me. I'm, you know, Brook Lopez. I I don't care one. I don't care about one way or the other. He he basically only this trade only happened to get rid of Moscow, and that that's what makes me mad because if we had fired if we if Jimmy uh, Bus had fired Jim Bus one year ago, then the Lakers could still have D'Angelo Russell. Uh, uh, on the roster, and they wouldn't ha- they wouldn't have these Moscow and Dane contracts to deal with. <laughs> they would have had to make this trade. They could have traded for Paul George and still had D'Angelo Russell. And instead, yeah, instead we're stuck with this situation. I mean, they did what they had to do, and I I, I feel like it'll work out for them because all of a sudden everyone wants to freaking come here. But uh, I just I, I'm a little sad about it because I love D'Angelo Russell. All right, there you have hey, it, guys, Sam. Uh, so I'll let you go, but I just wanted to mention that uh, the latest on that Lakers 27-28 and Jordan Clarkson uh, deal is at a standstill. So um, I guess maybe they're trying to work out the last part of it. Um, and last thing is, I think the one thing that this uh, that this uh, that these whole that this whole thing with Danny Ainge seems to be telling us for sure is they really seem to feel like like they're going to get a free agent, whether that's Hayward or. or um, or oh, absolutely. Or maybe, you know, They've got to have somebody, they, right? Yeah. Before you go, Sam, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I have a quick question for you. You you wouldn't take the risk on trading for George now, would you? Or, or would you? Like, uh, under the under the idea that he's saying he wants to lead to the Lakers, would, would you trade him and then hope, hope he's happy enough? And would, would you trade anything significant for him at all and then hope he stays? Or would you just not even try? If I'm Boston, I would only trade something comparable to what the Lakers are offering. Um, you know, what, maybe one of maybe that Memphis pick or that Clippers pick, that um, that kind of thing. I, I would I would maybe take a shot. I mean, I would be I would be afraid to lose them to all team of all teams, the Lakers, next year. But um, but I would bank on it just because uh, you can get them for cheap. And um, and I do think that if he came to Boston and, and saw the culture, I don't think he would want to leave. I, I don't think we've seen anybody want to leave Boston once they got there. So. Um, so, I, I would I would take a shot. But you you say you say for nothing. But in that in that case, you would you'd still have have to either give up the cap space that you have, or that you or you'd have to match salary. So it would have to be some sort of some sort of Crowder Bradley situation, right? I mean, you yeah. you'd still have yeah you'd have to do one of those. You'd either have to give up on Hayward entirely, or you'd have to give up those two pieces and still try to get Hayward. And that's because we don't have a Gazelle or anybody else in the contract now, right? Right. Exactly. Um, then, then yeah. In that case, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Well, unfortunately, yeah, we don't have players that are throwaways. So no, I guess under that would circumstance, you, would you I wouldn't. Do that for but Butler? I, I, um, yeah, I, I would like to get Butler as long as it doesn't affect our cap space, where we can still go after Hayward. Um, right. I, I would like to go after Butler for sure. I mean, at this point, we we've kind of gone away from the long-term plan of of, of Pulse. I think it's kind of changed. It's kind of it's kind of interesting that. We were going to try to get out of that window, and now it seems like we're jumping back in. And maybe that is because they're talking about LeBron going west. So I am kind of, yeah. It's, it's I really want to see where Ainge is going with this. But everything that he's been doing lately, um, especially with these trades, uh, it, it just really seems like he's doing everything he can to make sure we have cap space. He does not want to give that up. So I'm, I feel like he he must know we have somebody. Um, so, anyways, guys, great to. Uh, Great to uh, be able to call on tonight. Um, I know uh, it, it's a difficult time for Celtics fans, but I think a lot of people are starting to move on, and it's really exciting these days. <laughs> I can't get off Twitter. Oh, yeah. Work, so, um, <laughs> fantastic. So, thanks a lot for taking my call, guys. Great to talk to you. Have a good night. Thanks, Sam. Good night, buddy.
Good hearing from you, Sam. Always one of the best callers here on CLNS Radio, and especially this show, for sure. Sometimes I think Sam is one of the only five people listening to our show, and uh, he, he is definitely one of the guys that is a reason that we keep going because he likes yeah. to talk to talk Celtics with us, you know? So we like we love that about Sam in San Diego. Right. Where do you want to go from here? Do you have anything else to say well, about the Lakers yeah, here? I, I, well, I want to well, I want to ask you uh, about what I just asked Sam uh, about you know whether the Celtics should consider yeah. going in for either George or Butler. I because I I think that if they did, here's the thing: to get Butler, you probably have to give up that number three. But in, yeah. but in my opinion, like the number three is like I don't know. If I'm a Celtics fan, like it's much easier for me to like let go of the, of Jason Tatum, a guy I, like just realized the Celtics were getting five minutes ago. Oh, and of course. Into like get rid of the idea of Fultz, right? So like if right. I'm the South, if I'm a Celtics fan honestly and 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 you could tell me that like next year's Celtics starting five would be you know would be Isaiah uh, you know Jimmy Butler Gordon Hayward Al Horford uh, Marcus Smart then like, if, I, if I'm going to war with that I I don't know would I would I be okay with you know getting rid of Avery and Crowder and and the number three pick for for Butler in that scenario. I I might be. I mean, that sounds like at least a finals team. Do you? Yeah, it does you, sound like I, a I team like that can get past yeah. Cleveland. You're right about that. Yeah. Um. So it kind of depends on what the return is or what the situation is coming back, I guess. But um, if you can find a way to get multiple players like that, then absolutely, you're going to try and do it. But overall, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I don't want to mortgage the future. So you still need, you need to keep something, right? You need to. Make sure you have well, you a couple of those picks right? in the next couple of years. You need to make sure you still have Smart and Brown or like a combination of one of them and Bradley or something like that. Right. Um, I know the money doesn't exactly work. And you know what? The, the big thing, though, is if teams are going to play hardball with you and you're not going to be able to trade for one of those guys, Butler or George, you really should just focus mainly on getting that free agent in here. Whether it's Gordon Hayward, which seems to be soup de jour, like the, he's he's the guy, right? It's so obvious that he's got to come to Boston, right? But nobody really is that close to to Hayward to be able to say definitively what he's going to do. It sounds like it's going to be a tough decision for him if that's the case, right? Or on the other hand, a guy like Blake Griffin, maybe the Celtics feel like he's not the injury prone type of player that he's shown himself to be and that they can go after him either way, whoever they like, they, I, I think that they should put more effort into getting a free agent than they, they should into pulling one of these trades because that's the first step. And if you can get a, one of those major free agents and still have all of the assets that you would have given away in a trade, it gives you a little bit more leverage when the trade deadline comes around and it gives you more leverage after the season uh, if you've already got those those other players in place, yeah, it, I think it's just difficult because this this year's draft is coming up on Thursday. Unless if they wanted to do a deal with the Bulls, maybe the Bulls don't like Tatum, maybe they like Jackson, or maybe they do like Tatum. But regardless, like the Celtics could take the guy that the Bulls wouldn't want in that scenario, thus making that trade more difficult after the draft. That's why everything's you know happening so fast and furious right now. If I'm the Celtics, like. I would be interested in going all in for Butler, but less so for George. I don't say that because I'm a, I'm a Laker fan and I'm hoping that he comes. I just feel like it's not worth – George is 
basically telling everyone right now that he's he's a one-year rental no matter what. Uh, I, I think there's a chance he could be talked out of it, but like, why would I take that much of a risk uh, to to bring him to Boston uh, in, in terms of like blowing up my team? Or as opposed to Butler, like you're getting him for a couple of years, you can you can justify then you know get, getting rid of Bradley and Crowder in a, in a high pick. Uh, I realize you could get George for less than that, but again, you you would still have to do the salary match and give up on your on your free agent, and it wouldn't make sense to to create that scenario for your team when yeah you you salary match and then George leaves a year later, and then you have to pay Isaiah anyway, and you wouldn't be able to sign a free agent at that point. I don't know. It just seems like. Danny, and it doesn't seem like it's something Danny Ainge would do, and I think that's why there are basically no reports that the Celtics are interested in George, but or at least none that I have seen. Now, Cleveland, to me, all of those things make much more sense for because uh, they're dealing with this David Griffin situation. He's about to, he's leaving right, and LeBron's not happy about it. There's all these reports that LeBron's leaving. I, I think you have to do whatever you can to try to win immediately yep. and try to make him happy. So if I'm Cleveland, yeah, I do try to. Even though love going to Indiana makes no sense, and that's why the trade hasn't happened, but if that, as a Laker fan, like that's that's the thing that's getting the most—the idea of Cleveland doing like a three-team deal for for a love package. But we'll see. Well, we will see. Um, can I give you a little bit of breaking news and ask you a question? Oh, we got breaking news. A little bit of breaking news. I just got a text from Sam, actually, who was just on the show with us. And uh, my question to you is, does Dwight Howard make anybody better? Pick a team in the NBA. Does Dwight Howard this year make them better? Hmm. The one team that I feel like Dwight Howard would really fit on, the Charlotte Hornets. Did you know about this trade, or are you saying that? (laughs) I looked it up as you were talking. You Sneaky, well, sly, said, son said, of a... It's said breaking news, yeah. Yeah. All right, so well, Miles, that Miles was too totally obvious. Have, I, wish, I wish that you had just not looked it up and you had come up with a random team. But that's the news, is that Dwight Howard has been traded to the Charlotte Hornets. And you know what? I, I like that trade for them. I think that does make them better. And I, I don't think it hurts Atlanta too much. I think Atlanta will still be just as good as they are. So knock another team off of the list of teams that might have been worse than the Lakers, the Charlotte Hornets. They, that, that makes them better. I like that trade for them. Good. I mean, that, that, well, first of all, that trade is clearly designed to make the Hawks worse, right? I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at this, the salary parameters, but I'm guessing the, the, the point is to get out, of, uh, get out of Dwight Howard's salary, right? Of course. It's got to be that. Sure. Yeah. Plumley, Bellinelli, and the pick. He just signed last year. Yeah. Oop. ESPN made some noise. Let's mute it real quick. Yeah. So th- that would be my, my preliminary thought. I don't know what the contracts of the other guys are. Obviously, Miles my, Plumley is the not good Plumley. So uh, Marco Bellinelli is, you know, at this point, he's whatever. And the Hawks? The uh, the Hawks have to give up the 31st pick, I guess, for the 41st pick in that scenario. So, yeah, they're basically just dumping him for nothing, essentially. Yep. Salary matching. And I'm, I'm guessing those guys, are, their contracts end earlier. But I, I the, my, only, my only thing is Dwight only has two more years on his contract anyway. So do Plumlee and Bellinelli only have one? Let's say they have one year each. Like, if they're trading for basically getting off that, that deal a year early. I don't know. It's... 
it seems like maybe you just make yourself worse immediately, and I think the Hornets get a little um, bit better. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, but maybe the Hawks just don't, are fed up with the with Dwight Howard's antics, and they realize he's no good. I guess you get what you can get for Dwight Howard, right? You're not getting too much. That really was, that's really not very much at all. No, wow. it's not. And so that tells me that Atlanta believes in, in their own system and they don't need a guy like Dwight Howard to go, I don't know, behind the scenes. I've I just, I feel like he's so, not the most pleasant player to work with if you're a coaching staff. You know what that's, that says to me from a Celtics perspective? Is I, I feel like that says Paul Millsap's not resigning there, and if the you know Plan A and Plan B fall through for the Celtics, look for Millsap to be on the table. I know right. Celtics fans somehow don't like Millsap. It's a weird uh, no, thing to me because I I love Paul you, Millsap. No, Celtics fans will like Paul Millsap when it, it, the rumor comes out that Millsap would want to come to the Celtics. The, the moment that comes yeah. out, people will start to love that guy because huh. it, you can't. How can you not? He's a he's a uh, he's a beast. Has to work for Blake. I feel like Celtics fans hate Blake. Blake is like the, the number two option for them. Right yeah, now. I guess it's a little different story though. Blake Griffin has has his flaws. I don't really see that many flaws from, from Paul Millsap. He doesn't Fair get enough. hurt. You know, he he's not just that high flyer. He even though Blake has improved his jump shot, Millsap to me is a better shooter. I feel like Millsap's a more all, polished all around player, and I've always felt that way about Blake Griffin. I, I've never really bought into the whole Blake Griffin as a cornerstone type of guy but I think that he could help the Celtics. So if he wanted to come sign here this year, I would welcome him with open arms. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's always easy to hate someone until they come to your team, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. I I don't even know what I'm going to do when LeBron signs with the Lakers. I'm not even happy about it, by the way. I feel like it's inevitable, just for the record. And then we might as well get back to this now. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like LeBron signing here in 2019 is basically inevitable at this point. With all the stuff it's starting to look out. that way, isn't and, it? With all the, the stuff you know, that's going on in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, you know what's a fascinating thing to me is how like is is the notion of player power in 2017, because player power it, it's not just that like players have exercised their power to like decide to leave their teams. Now, like players are because because there's this whole thing about like like the Lakers tampering, but first of all, there's no evidence that the Lakers did anything, but like somehow Paul George is just able to come out and say, I'm playing on the Lakers next year without like, without having any, any like Laker insight into like whether or not they'd want him. Like what, how do I know? What, I'm not positive that I want, and it, it sounds sacrilegious to say, and maybe it's dumb of me and maybe I'm going to regret this a year from now, but like, I'm not positive that I want to sign uh, you know, 33-year-old LeBron to uh, to a four-year max deal after after next season. I'm not positive. I'm, I still feel like it's probable that I would, but like, it's, I'm not sure that's a great idea. But like LeBron coming out and saying, or not even saying, but like all this, well, LeBron's going to play in Los Angeles next year. It's like he is. You know, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. it's a, it's it like seems, yeah, it seems like collusion. It seems like a little bit of trickery here. I don't know. I, I don't. Can you actually believe these reports? Well, and that's what I'm sure the player would argue if the if the league were to ask them. You know, right? But I guess my, uh, it's crazy. My question to you, Ray, is like, what's who is the lowest level of player who can pull this off? Like, if John <laughs> Wall says next year I'm going to be a Laker, do you do you buy it? You probably do still, right? But then, but then, like, what if? What if, like, if, if Bradley Beal says it? I'm trying to figure out, like, 
what's the lowest guy in the run where you'd be like, if Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Lowry's a free agent, if he just, if he just came out and said he's like, he's like, I'm going to be on the Jazz next year for sure. Huh. Would, would you like assume it was going down or would you, would you think like, oh, the Jazz probably. Like, I don't know. Yeah. When do you stop believing it? Well, I, I guess you yeah. have to believe everyone, right? You, you, it's either everyone or no one that you believe. Well, like if Kelly Olenek says, I'm, I'm going to be on the Knicks next year, do you, do you believe him? Sure. You think it's a, you think it's done? It's a done deal. I'm just saying, yeah. If you believe the top guys, you should be believing the the bottom guys. But at a certain point, a guy's a guy's like ability to get it done has to be called into question. Like maybe the Knicks don't want Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good point. But why else would he put that out there if he didn't, unless he had talks with them and they said that they were going to sign him or something? Well, I, I think it's just like these guys have just confidence that any team would want them. You I know, see. You know what I mean? And but I, I just feel like that falls out. It's just a weird, a weird place we're at with basketball right now. Where it's like like neither LeBron or Paul George is a free agent right now, and we're um, it's like already going around where they're going. Like the Lakers, like I told you, they traded D'Angelo Russell. I wanted to free up space for Alonzo, but I truly believe D'Angelo Russell was not going to be moved. Uh, and and if if LeBron and like other guys, if there wasn't this weird interest in the Lakers two years from now, then I, I don't think this trade goes down. Hmm. All right. Well, we've made it to the uh, ten minutes left in the show, Mark, and we've talked about a lot of basketball. I feel like we didn't think that we were going to get to this point and be out of basketball topics, but there is another event to be discussed. And I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this, but uh, for those of you that are boxing and or UFC fans, you'll probably be tuning into this one in August, I believe. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, two enormous names in those, those two sports, respectively, are going to be taking on each other in a boxing match. And there's been a lot of discussion about this or there was a lot of discussion about this around here when, but just before the Celtics made that move since then, it's been mainly NBA draft talk by all the talking heads around here. But when this news came out, which was perfect timing by Dana White and UFC, uh, when this came out, I guess it was last Tuesday or Wednesday, not much had happened as far as the Celtics were concerned. So it was a hot topic around here. And a lot of people are trying to defend Conor McGregor and say that he's going to wipe the floor with Floyd Mayweather. But, Calvin, what they're not realizing is it's a boxing match. And Floyd Mayweather is the best defensive boxer, arguably, of all time. To me, he's going to win this match. I'm not going to pay for it. I I don't plan on paying for it. If I could find it somewhere where I can actually give somebody five bucks or something, then maybe I'll watch it. Or if I have to go out and buy a beer at a bar, fair enough. But no cover charge. No full pay-per-view price in this house. Not happening. Yeah. Um, look, you're, you're right. The, Conor McGregor has no chance of winning this fight. But that being said, I'm, I'm glad this fight is happening, and I, I probably will watch even though it's going to be uh, an extremely boring fight and uh, I'll be miserable and regret doing it. But but there's, there's a couple of factors and that, um, reasons why I'm glad. One, the trash talking. Like Everything that happens before this fight is going to be awesome. Just it, it already started with Conor McGregor like 
uh, posting a picture of himself against Mayweather's dad on Twitter and saying it's on. Like, you see at the press conferences, there's going to be so many good quotes. And hmm. so it, the, the entire thing is just going to be an extremely entertaining spectacle that I look forward to. But two, two and more importantly, Ray, it's like somebody needs to put a stop to MMA guy from Money and Luck in this country. <laughs> MMA guy, you're the worst. Yep, I know, you know who, exactly guys, who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Guys who wear two tight shirts, you know what I'm talking about? Those guys? Yep. Those guys, yeah, they spend all their time in the gym. They're, they're loud, aggressive dudes always trying to fight. The the bro types, spiky hair types. Look, you guys are the worst. And it's not even just, look, it's not even just that you guys are the worst personally. It's like, that, like I'm sick of this, like, MMA guys clowning boxing and being like, like, uh, like, they don't kick, they don't grab. Like, yeah, it's a different sport. Like, get, get used to it. Look, like, Conor McGregor has no chance against Floyd Mayweather for a number of reasons. One, like, he's not a boxer, and MMA striking is, like, a totally different thing than boxing striking. You're, you're flat-footed, you're worried about being kicked, you, you're wearing gloves that are, like, three ounces, as, you know, they're, they're basically yep. just to protect your knuckles. So, it's easy, it's, Way easier to knock a guy out in one punch in MMA than it is boxing. If Mike Tyson didn't knock most people out in one punch, Conor McGregor's not going to. Conor McGregor doesn't hit harder than Tyson. I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, he doesn't. It, it, it's not, yeah, it, so it's not that. It's not that Conor McGregor just has this crazy power that no one's ever seen. It's that he's wearing gloves. Floyd Mayweather would be knocking people out in the MMA too, except for the fact that he'd be grabbed. But I'm just saying as a pure puncher. So Conor McGregor is not going to be able to knock him out in one punch, and he's not going to be able to hit him enough times to win that fight through through attrition, to knock him out through attrition, which is how most uh, knockouts happen in boxing. So unless it's, it's just this crazy fluke punch that Conor McGregor's not going to lay himself out there for because, one, he's fighting the best defensive fighter of all time, and two, uh, it, yeah, again, he'll have to hit him multiple times. So he, even beyond all those things, Floyd Mayweather, yeah, he's getting old, he's getting slower, but, like, his, his skill set, it, it, it's not just his speed. It's, like, his, it, it's the way he holds his gloves, it's positioning, it's footwork. It's all these things that, like, like Conor McGregor, in, in, it's funny because in Vegas, like, uh, 80% of the bets are coming in on Conor McGregor. But, like, 80% of the money is coming in on Mayweather because the, the smart money is all going in on Mayweather. But the odds are, are being, like, taken down to, like, 7-1 to one or something. Do yourself a favor and don't bet on Conor McGregor. Right. I'm with you on that because it, this is gonna. This is a Floyd, May, 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 uh, Floyd Mayweather production. That's what's going on here. This is Floyd Mayweather putting up another payday after he said he was going to retire. He's pulling in another huge name in Conor McGregor, and McGregor's going to get paid as well. This is a big money grab for both of these guys, and that's what that's what Floyd does, right? He goes out there and he sets up these fights and then he gets somebody else to put a bunch of money on him and he goes out and he wins the fight and he plays defensive boxing. He goes about it in a way that he's going to land a lot of punches, but he's probably not going to get hit that hard himself. And as long as he can take a few jabs here or there against McGregor and dance him around the ring for 10, 12 rounds, he's going to win the fight and he's going to win that money and all of his friends are going to win money because they've all bet on him. And like you said, the smart money is coming in on uh, Floyd Mayweather on this one. And it's, it should continue to do that as well. 
I agree. Sorry, babysitting. Um, so yeah, it looks like that, that's going to do it. Um, I'm glad we're able to get this in, man. So much, so much is happening in the NBA. I love this. I'm sure there's going to be another five things by next. I feel like, Rick, tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like this is the most active off season before a draft that I can have. Free agency, sure, but I don't remember this this much trade action happening in the NBA. Pretty much ever, right? Like before the draft. Yeah, even I mean trade deadline stuff. It's it's never this exciting. There are some there are some big moves happening here, and it started with the Celtics taking that number one pick and saying they don't want it. And I, I feel like there's got to be some other things happening here in the next day or two that'll free up some some space. We didn't even mention the room, the on again off again rumor about Kristaps Porzingis, Carmelo Anthony, guys like that out of New York. Who knows what Phil Jackson does in a fit of rage at one point during the middle of the night this week. That that team could get blown up at any second. So uh, I feel like we will have a lot more to talk about next week, sir. Sounds good. All right. Thank you all for listening. Sam, thanks for calling in. This has been Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. We'll talk to you next time. Enjoy the draft on Thursday. I know I'm going to. Good night, everyone.